Recording live from DFW, Texas on this wonderful night. Very glad you could join me today. Very important topic I wanted to discuss today on this edition of Poetic Justice. Hope everyone is doing well out there. Um, if there's anything you would like to talk about, you know my message that I typically recite at the beginning of my broadcast. Um... I'm real big on suicide prevention. If there's anything that you want to speak to me about, anything that you're going through, if I can't help you personally, this is a safe space in that regard. I can definitely get you to the people who can. Um, I actually had someone message me today about that. So very glad that people are taking advantage of that and do feel free to do so yourself. Now, what I wanted to talk about today to get right into it, because we do have a lot to cover on uh, this particular topic, Um, something I've been noticing a lot of uh, people do, uh, specifically black people, and specifically us because that's specifically what it was designed for us, for us to engage in it, living under this system that we uh, live under as we occupy America, but most of you all have engaged in it. I certainly have throughout my lifetime, admittedly. Um, but the important thing is I caught the error of my ways and you know, nobody's perfect. It's all about catching the error of your ways and improving them. Um, that's the mark of characters to correct what you've done and repent from it. So, what I wanted to talk about today, because I've been seeing so much of it online, I've seen a lot of it online for a very long time. Um, it's fairly common and most people don't even know they're doing it. But what I wanted to talk about is ways we've been trained to waste emotional energy. Ways we've been trained to waste emotional energy. And... Before I get into this, um, just know that those calling the shots, the real true to the game, powerful, heavyweight white supremacists, they have all this orchestrated and they know the they know the the effectiveness rather of emotional energy. I was thinking about this the other day because I was walking to. Um, this health food grocery store give me something to eat and I was thinking about and I'm scrolling through my Facebook and everyone's talking about Game of Thrones now I'm not a big I'm not a Game of Thrones fan at all I'm not even a big fan I'm not at all I've seen at most like two episodes and I'm like this ain't for me I couldn't get into it it was just boring um, yeah, I said it, whatever to how you want about that, but I couldn't really get into it. But anyways, 
Um, one thing, I, and I'm going to do a separate show about this because if we really need to talk about this as black people and society as a whole. But what I realized is how much violence was in there. And quite frankly, the amount of violence that we have going on right now, white supremacist, racist, motivated violence, it, it, that's enough for me. You know, and I'm going to do a show about this. I promise I cross my heart, but the violence that we are seeing in America right now, which is always existed in a white supremacy, but I, you know, to me, I, I don't, that's not entertaining to me. If something's overtly or just over the top violence, I have no interest in that. That's not entertaining at all on any on any level because in reality in the real world we live in not fantasy fantasy land dragon land queen land whatever the heck that show is about in the space we occupy now that type of violence is happening to us where people getting their heads chopped off okay you know we're getting our brains blown out that's happening in real life here and therefore I don't find that entertaining and I'll get deep on that on why things are so violent every show you watch is so it's over the top violent it's just unnecessarily violent doesn't even really add to the plot but I'll get into that on that show that I plan on doing about that but anywho What I want to get into is is the first point that I wanted to make. And that was to kind of set things up. That was kind of to, to set it all up. Um, me going over that show. And I, again, I have seen like maybe two episodes. I think I cut it off because I'm not into that sort of thing. But. What I was gonna what I was gonna get into in regards to that is they and by they I mean um, the casual white person they go to the movie for different reasons than we do. See, we go to be entertained. That's what we go for. We just want to go see a good movie and be entertained by it. Blah blah blah. But the people who make these movies, the white production companies and white Hollywood and the people who produce this stuff, they know why they're putting it out. We don't. We think it's quote unquote just entertainment. They think in their eyes, or they know rather, because they run everything, they know why the casual white person is going to these movies and why they watch them. This is a point of this is a point of what's the word I'm looking for. This is almost like a ritualistic thing for them to go see themselves doing certain things on screen. This is almost like church for them. This is a rallying point 
and I'm gonna get deeper into. I say I keep getting. I'm gonna get deeper into it on the next episode, but I want to touch on it a little bit. This is this is like a rallying, inspirational, uh, kind of thing to see themselves on screen practicing certain behaviors. It's just like church, like Jesus said, the church was not made for God. Church was made for man. You need, and basically what he was saying is that you need to go there to get spiritually rejuvenated and revitalized and regalvanized. And you need to go get inspired. Inspired. That's not a word. Inspired. You need to go get inspired. Basically, it replenishes your soul and your resolve so that you can continue to go do the will of God. That's what it's there for. It's there for man. The average white person, the average white person is going to the movies for that, whether they know one or not. Um, And that's not all white people, but the vast majority, if they're trying to cultivate a certain type of culture and behavior in society, particularly in white society, what they will do is use these movies as a point of where you're going to see where, where this white person is going to see themselves portrayed on screen and messages are being sent out just like church where messages and lessons are being sent to you that's why they go to the movies we just go to be entertained hip-hop essentially was that for us and i say was you know there are a couple of artists still using that as a inspiration to us to go and perform some type of action in society some type of action some type of um, empowerment what these movies do and what most of these shows that you're seeing now is that's empowerment to white supremacy the practice thereof and as for the violence aspect they're trying to normalize basically mutilating and torturing and suffering and um, violence, real hardcore violence. They're trying to normalize that and they're trying to sell to them that this is entertaining. Understand something, as Nilly Fuller said, there's really only one of the ways, one of the or one of the perks rather of practicing white supremacy is to be able to openly mistreat other groups not classified as white just for the sake of doing it it's it's fun to them it's exciting to them it brings them pleasure to see people suffering so if you see a bunch of white people on screen doing this it kind of trivializes it and it kind of normalizes it that way when they do it in real life there's less of a harsh reaction for it there's less of an outcry for it there's 
there's not as much protest to it. That's how they train people to kind of look away or turn the other cheek when it comes to white violence. Where these uh, mass shooters are going up in these schools just mowing people down. That's that's kind of normalizing and trivializing it so that you don't have so that you're not focusing on that. You're not focusing on the system in and of itself and the dysfunction it's causing. You're focusing on something else. That's what purpose cinema serves to them. And there's just stuff that's just entertainment, but that's the primary reason for it. We just go to be entertained. Hip hop was supposed to be that for us and was for a long time. It was supposed to be that same type of empowerment, but against non-justice. That was supposed to be what hip hop was, was our um, rallying cry, our point of our rallying cry, our our point of inspiration against non-justice. That's what it was created for originally. So without getting too sidetracked, let me get into the meat of what I wanted to talk about tonight. But so let's let's discuss some ways we're trained to waste emotional energy because emotional energy is powerful. That's the power to galvanize people. That's the power to organize. That's the power to plan solutions and strategize. And if you are conducting a system that's unfair, unjust, wicked, crooked, demonic, evil in every sense of the word, your whole purpose for or your whole strategy for continuing to stay in business would be to diffuse that energy from the people who it affects. So the reason it is set up, the reason it's set up, the system itself is set up for us to waste energy by those who sit behind closed doors and plan out how this society is going to be ran in such a sick manner. Before I get into that, one more thing I want to mention that that will sum this up perfectly or that will help contextualize this is if you can go to my website, the stormy there's an there's a piece I wrote uh, years ago. It was doing the whole Colin Kaepernick thing and me and this lady were going back and forth um, about it was me and another white lady It was me and a white lady. And we're going back and forth about Colin Kaepernick's methods. And I was still kind of a greenhorn back then, admittedly. I didn't really know all that I know now. So I probably could have handled that. I definitely could have handled that construction in a more concise and constructive way. But I didn't know all that I know now. And that's one of my mistakes that I documented. Because I had no business going back and forth with this woman for hours on end uh, because it wasn't going to change anything and the name of the piece is called the name of the piece is called why stopped arguing systematic racism exists or racism exists something along those lines I might be paraphrasing but if you go on my website and search that phrase it'll pop up it's got a um, the preview photo is, is of a guy yelling in a, in a you know one of those speakers and I may change that photo, but for now, that's what it is. And basically, I documented the conversation. I documented 
you know, my responses and my commentary and hers. And the whole point of me posting that was to show you that arguing about whether it exists or not or the effects of it is pointless. It is a waste of time. It is a waste of time. And that just goes to show you how things have been set up for us to waste time and energy. I was wasting time arguing with this woman. We spent about an hour or two hours conversating and she still left away feeling the exact same way she was. That's why you shouldn't you shouldn't waste time arguing with people who really aren't there to learn anything. They're just there to waste your time and energy talking about nothing burgers. That's probably the most valuable lesson I ever heard. And, and after that conversation, I kind of figured it out. That was an epiphany for me because I'm like, I just spent this long talking and typing my fingers to the bone. And this lady still ain't getting it. But go check that out if you get a chance. Now, ways they accomplish this. And the number one, the first way that they do this and their method is keeping you paying for things you don't need. Or that you will never own. Now, let me ask you something as a follow-up question to that point. I want to ask everyone out there listening. When was the last time you actually did work that you wanted to do? Something constructive, like something fulfilling that you wanted to do. That wasn't in the form of some kind of entertainment. And what I mean by that is... Entertainment is fulfilling, you know, maybe not as fulfilling as accomplishing, accomplishing a goal or something to that effect, some life goal. But entertainment is fulfilling, whether it be temporary or whatever, there's different levels to that, but it is fulfilling. But a lot of times we and a lot of the times, especially in the climate we live in, we mistake entertainment being entertained for fulfillment. That's why on the weekends, we've been trained to go spend our little money that we have. That's that's the reason for the 40-hour work week, but I'm not going to get into that. But they basically have scheduled you to spend on a certain time because you want to go try to feel human again. And you want to go try to feel fulfilled because you're busy doing a job you don't like. That's set up, by the way. I it, it, This is as organized and as conspiratorial as it gets. But keeping keeping you paying for things you don't need. I want you to do something for me. If you get a chance. And think about that question I asked you, by the way. When was the last time you did something that you wanted to do? Put all your time into it. Put all your energy into it. Put all your resources into it. Something that actually fulfilled you and gave you meaning in life. When was the last time you did it and did it consistently? Like every single day. And I'm talking about you as an individual, not, oh, I took care of my kids today. That was a no. I'm talking about what fulfills you before your kids got here. What would you be doing? Just think about that for a minute. Now, things we don't need. uh, What I want you to do, if you can get a chance, is just go around your house and look at all the stuff you don't need. Things you don't really use anymore. Things that are just kind of clutter and ask yourself, and I'm not trying to be like that, uh, the Japanese woman, her name escapes me right now, but she has the, the show where she goes and tidies up people's places. 
uh, and she practices this a lot. And I don't know what the lifestyle is. I'm not trying to misquote anybody, um, but she talks about this a lot. I've only seen the show once. I don't remember her name. But she encourages people to do that. Just go around your place and look at all the stuff you don't need. All the stuff that's just kind of sitting there. Um, and ask yourself why you bought it. And she brings up a very good point. And on the show, one thing that stood out to me. And she encourages people to basically it's minimalism that it's, you know, minimalism refined to the T. But uh, she encourages people to ask themselves before they buy something. How much am I really going to use this? Ladies and gentlemen, my old apartment looked like a survival bunker. I, I, I didn't really have a lot of stuff I didn't need. I had the necessities, things that I actually needed. And I was cool with that. I'd go to other people's places and they had all this extravagant stuff and all, you know, all these little knickknacks and whatnot and pictures hanging up and stuff like that. And nice frames and stuff. I, I didn't really have any pictures. Most thing, the, the thing I most have is just a bunch of posters. I like posters. I just like posters. I would staple them to the wall and and that was it. I didn't buy a frame. I got a couple of them laminated, but that, that was pretty much it. I had stuff I needed. And that, that worked for me. I got my shoes from Walmart and they were like 10 bucks. And I mean, they didn't look special, but they was 10 bucks and they covered my feet, make sure my feet didn't have to touch the ground. I was cool with that. Buying stuff you don't need means that what that essentially means is that you're having to, uh, and, and another question, and I'm not, not to get off topic here, but Another question you should ask yourself in addition to that is, okay, how how hard did I have to work to get this thing I don't need? Now, to everybody out there, I'm not saying you can't buy nice stuff. I'm not saying you can't treat yourself every now and then. But the thing is, the time that you spent... And just kind of calculate it up by the, you know, how much you get paid and how much that thing costs. Take that time and look at how much time you spend on working for the things you actually do need outside of your place of employment. And that goes back to, you know, the when was last time you spent working on something you actually wanted to work. That gift that was given to you. By whatever force you believe, I believe the Almighty gave us all our talents and gifts and our abilities. What have how have you put that to good use? How much time have you spent working and perfecting and shaping and molding and crafting that compared to how much time you went to work and bought that thing you didn't need? See the thing that those who were running running the show. Those who are really running things, not the average everyday blue collar white supremacist, 
the ones who are actually running something, they know that one of the threats to their crooked and unjust system is if people actually started using their abilities, their special abilities, their talents to actually start challenging that. For instance, I'm a writer. That's what I started off doing is just writing. I'm just a good writer. And I and later on in life, I'm like, okay, how can I weaponize this? How can I weaponize my skills and my talents to challenges? That's what they don't want. They want you busy working on fruitless stuff that you know benefits them and makes them richer, while at the same time not focusing on the, the God-given talents you already have and honing in on them and using them and weaponizing them to to combat oppression. So just think about that. Life's, there's more to life than just being entertained. You, you need fulfillment. And you know, if you're doing what you love, that's your job and you get paid for it, knock yourself out. But the vast majority of us know that that's not the situation that we're in. We're going and doing a job we have to do or that we have to pretend to like. Oh, I like helping people. And you're at a job helping people as a customer service rep or whatever when you really want to help people by being a doctor or something like that that way in helping people might not fulfill you there's different ways to help people in that particular way that somebody else likes might not work for you it's not fulfilling you because you weren't designed to do that you weren't created to do that now the other way that they do this and they get you to waste a lot of emotional energy and when it comes to wasting emotional energy if you're not being being fulfilled to really kind of wrap up that last point if you're not being fulfilled you feel like a failure you, you know it's on a probably on a subconscious level but you're deep down inside you feel like I'm just I'm a big fat failure I don't mean nothing I'm not really doing what I want to do but I'm pretending like I like it and deep down inside you know you're not that's not your natural habitat that's not your natural um, area of expertise and, and you don't feel natural in that kind of space there's nothing wrong with admitting that. But when you feel like a failure and like a nobody, what are you going to do to challenge systematic oppression? Like how useful can you be then? If you're constantly feeling like a failure, not doing what you really want to do, you can't control any part of your destiny. You're like, all right, well, you know, what can I do? What, what can little old me do? It ain't ever going to change. You know, now the, the second point I wanted to bring in here, I, I get sidetracked. I'm ADHD. I know. But the second point I wanted to bring up was or the way that they accomplished this is by flooding you with information you can't use and keeping you emotionally exhausted. Now, there are two pieces to this point because they flow together. They are kind of con they're connected 
and they are both in the same vein but flooding you with information is i mean and facebook is a catalyst for this oh my gosh it's, it's such a catalyst for this i can go through my timeline right now and see and I, i'm only subscribed like i only subscribe to a couple of people and by subscribe i guess i mean follow because you know terms are different depending on the social media platform but i only follow a couple of people when typically when somebody gets added to my page i unfollow them because i don't want that showing up a bunch of random stuff showing up on my timeline i bet people in that regard for that very reason because I don't want to, I myself don't want to take in too much information that I don't need. So I'll keep a couple of people that I follow just so I can kind of see what the climate of the overall general discourse is in the country. So I have very specific people I've designated for that. But before, back in the day when I first started you know, doing social commentary and writing about it and stuff like that. Back in the day, I just followed any and everything that said certain buzzwords or certain things that appealed to me. And, you know, I was trying to write about this stuff. I'm trying to pick and, you know, I'm trying to pick and choose which information to, you know, um, actually resource from or pull resource from and actually include it in my pieces. And I found myself you know, I'm like, okay, I'm clicking on one video, clicking on one article and or doing whatever. And then I see right after I'm done reading that, I see another one that I, you know, that's related to that. I'm like, well, I got to read that too. So I can know what's going on. I have to know what's going on. I have to go what's going on. Eventually I was just getting pulled in so many directions. I couldn't even really write anything that was coherent or any compose anything that was of, of substance because I'm so busy trying to retain so much information. And that's when I got to a point where I'm like, um, okay, what should I even really be writing about? What, what am I even like, what's my place in all this? And what should I really even be writing about or talking about or doing commentary about? And I, I really, I just mentally felt I was being pulled in a bunch of different directions. And I'm like, hey, if, 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 if me, the person who's trying to actually get the word out about what's really going on, if I feel like this, I can only imagine how the average person feels who doesn't even do my line of work. And one of my friends, uh, years ago, we were, you know, chilling at a restaurant and, you know, we were discussing social media and its effects on you know, relationships and stuff like that. And he said something that has always stuck with me. My friend Chris, something he said something that has always stuck with me. He said, uh, when you're on Facebook, it feels really unnatural. And I can attest to that because every time I log in, my it's like my blood pressure goes up. I ain't even seen a post. I ain't even seen no alerts yet. It's just me, the act of me logging in. I feel like I'm about like bracing for impact. And I noticed that about myself. Now I have to get in there and work, but if I had it my way, I just wouldn't be on there. I'm just there at work. But he said something to me 
he said that it feels very unnatural and I do feel very unnatural on that platform because and this is the reason I stopped following so many people and the reason I started actively unfollowing people is because you could get on Facebook and this is this same kind of principle the same kind of um the same kind of mechanism holds true for CNN and Fox News and MSNBC and all these other white media outlets you can go through about 15 